Good morning, folks. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough. VanguardNE.ca. I'm Norman James, along with my sidekick, Mike Augella. We're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Two games to go in the regular season. One against Tampa, one against Montreal. Then it's on to Boston to face those lowly Bruins in round one of the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. Michael, happy AM, my friend. Good morning, Norman. Yeah, it's uh, cold and... uh... You know, there's a little bit of frost on the ground, so it's not exactly April the 4th, but uh, I'll take it. We're making a Maple Leafs playoff checklist. What do the Leafs need to pack for Boston? Let us know inside the YouTube comment section while you're listening to this podcast. So, Mike, we'll get to the Leafs checklist. They have a lot of stuff they're going to need to put into the trailer as they haul down to Massachusetts. Tampa, the Lightning lost to Montreal the other night. For as great a season as they've had, there's really nothing left to prove. If the Leafs beat the Lightning tonight, is there any solace in that? I think that similarly the attitude from the Maple Leafs is, you know, sort of put put yourself in bubble wrap and make sure you don't get hurt and, you know, stay with your sort of regular routine if you want to. But if the veterans want a day off, you know, Mike Babcock indicated Uh, on Tuesday that he went to his veteran players and said, if you want a day off before the playoffs, be my guest. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think, you know, Freddie Anderson's going to start the last two games because there's a big break between Saturday's finale and and Thursday, which will be the opening game of the, of the first round. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you see Morgan Riley or Ron Hainsey or, uh, you know, some some of the forwards take a night off. Now, Patrick Marlowe said he wants to keep his streak going, so he's going to play the remaining two games. But I think that's going to be, you know, I, I think there's no impetus to beat Tampa. I mean, if they can score goals, sure, that, that's fine. And I think if with, for, with players with personal goals, like Tavares getting to 50 goals, which he's three short, or Matthews uh, getting to 40, which he's three short, I believe, or Casper Kapanen getting to 20, which he's one short, that's going to be the goal. But in terms of winning and losing, I, I don't think that's the goal at all in the last two games. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty and Scarborough Vanguard NE.ca. I'm surprised by the amount of concession shown by Leafs fans over the last little while. When bringing up the problems with the games we have seen, the feedback being, the playoffs are coming, baby. That's what we're really playing for. Everything else is just a waste of time. Everything else is a lead-up. I think this regular season has been a disappointment, Mike. If this team does not win in the next two games, it will not reach 100 points. Perhaps it's the conciliatory attitude that has a lot of people thinking, can't cry over spilt milk, wipe it up, move on, and let's just see what happens with Boston. You had them in the teens, I think like 110 or 111. I had 109 or something like that when we did the the show at the beginning of the season. And I think that most people had more loftier goals. I didn't think they expected the the Tampa Bay to be like the 77 Canadians and and almost have 60. I think, I think they would have, if they would have won out, they would have had 63. I think they're at 60 right now. And, you know, but, and, and Tampa Bay, you know, it's not going to be as tough of a contest without Victor Hedman in the lineup, but they're going to play Vasilevsky and they have a ton of talent. So it'll be a tough contest, but, I just don't think that the motivation, the motivation to win is not there. The motivation to get ready for Boston is there. So if that, if, if that goes part and parcel with winning, then I'm sure the Leafs won't turn down a victory. 
and would like to win on home ice in the, in the regular season finale. But, you know, don't be, don't be mistaken. The focus is TD Garden, sure. game one, next Thursday, and everything else is secondary. And that's why I think you know, the main fa- factor here tonight is, you know, make sure you don't get hurt. Like Austin Matthews took that shot off his foot oh, in Ottawa on Saturday, or excuse me, in, in, uh, in uh, New York on Monday, and everybody was thinking worst-case scenario and, Thankfully, he dodged the bullet, but that is the concern. Just stay healthy. Is this just us? Are we the only ones thinking this way, Mike? Or is you know any fan base with a team that is about to enter the dance feeling excitement but also trepidation? Um, I, I think to a greater or lesser extent, everything is elevated. Everything is magnified when it's Toronto. And it should be because Toronto is the center of the hockey universe, so... Why not the expectations? Why not the trepidation, as you say? So I think it makes sense. Um, There was a lot of anticipation with this team Mm -hmm. going into the season. And, you know, I think in in general, it's been slight disappointment, especially in the last 20 to 25 games after the deadline with the injuries on the blue line and the inconsistency defensively. That can all be erased if they play well in the playoffs. But as we're going to talk about the next week leading up to the playoffs, Mm -hmm. it's tough to flip the switch. And that's why I think, you know, you and I and a lot of other people are looking at this team going into the playoffs with some skepticism about how well they can play. Look, it's not like Mm -hmm. this team can be remodeled as of now. This team is what it is. What are the excuses going to be if the team loses tonight? Well, you know, it was just a... It's game 81, everybody's tired. And then they lose to Montreal. Well, my, you know, it's game 82, big deal. Then they lose in the nice. opener of the playoffs. Well, you know, there's three more games to go. There's nothing wrong yeah. with facing reality head on and understanding that this team has problems and keeping your fingers crossed. I'd rather see people do that as opposed to, well, you know, wait till they, get, wait till they turn it on. Well, I mean, I got the impression that on, on Tuesday when – you know, before the game and after the morning, the optional morning skate and talking to some of the players uh, when they had held media scrums that they were paying lip service to, you know, we, we, we have a chance at home ice advantage still. It's mathematical, but you know, I mean, come on, Boston has, you know, all Boston needed to do was get one, one point and the Leafs, all they had to do was lose one point and it was, it was over with, but you know, while the opportunity is still there, you're, you have to say, okay, mm-hmm. we're still going for that. But now, um, the way they played, and I, I opened my, my column on Hockey Buzz yesterday with, with this. I said, you know, they clinched a playoff spot on, in New York on Monday, and they played like they clinched a playoff yeah. spot on Monday on Tuesday because they didn't show up until the middle of the second period on, on Tuesday against Carolina. So, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think they're concerned about – you know, getting Jake Gardner in a, into a game and seeing how he plays. Babcock indicated that he's going to probably, if Gardner gets back in the lineup, play seven defensemen so he can, um, uh, you know, make sure that uh, he doesn't overwork him. Just get him in there, see how he is. Um, that may be what they do in the playoffs. It may not be, but I'm sure Babcock will keep what he does tactically going into the postseason close to the vest. But that's that's the overall concern. I mean, I, I, I get your point in terms of like everybody seems accepting of this, but, you know, they were locked into third place. They were locked into where they were going to be. The, 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 after the deadline, they were locked into, you know, what the roster was. Mm-hmm. I think that there's acceptance there until the result. If they lose in the first round to Boston – 
then I think you're going to, you're going to see the sort of seething vitriol of the Lee fan base about the disappointment of what they didn't do this year. And let me guess whose fault it will be. Mike Babcock. It'll be all his fault. He'll take the brunt of it, but I think there's going to be enough blame to go around between management, players, and coach. It's going to be this. This is this, you know you can say, well, Babcock can't get past the first round. Well, you can also say that they didn't get the players that they needed to to advance, and you can also say that the players that were there, one of them particular, you know, one of uh, there's one in particular who signed a big contract, didn't let's, show let's, up. But we won't talk about no, him. No, we will. Yeah. We will talk about him and. Mike Babcock needs to revamp his game. Austin Matthews, love that cat. But if Austin Matthews continues to push his game further away from the net, he's not going to be as an effective player as everybody believes he will be. And it would be sad for his career because he is one of my favorite athletes, period. I love the guy. Kyle Dubas. Hate to say a toe to so, but a toe to so. I F and a toe to so on Garrett Sparks. The hockey decision out the window the business decision to bring him on seemed great at the time it's paid uh, no dividends at this point and Kyle Dubas not dealing William Nylander is for this season has has been disastrous if you deal William Nylander I know it's potentially not at a position of strength but you bring in more help to bolster the back end this year you you could have done that I don't know with Brett Pesci or whomever might not have been the the um the package that you wanted in return, but to help this year, you could have done it. First, I, I have little concerns about Austin Matthews. I mean, I think he's. I just threw him. You know, I just threw him in there. I mean, yeah, I'm talking yeah, I mean, more about I mean, Nylander. I'm talking about more about Nylander and right. um, Garrett Sparks, specifically the Sparks. Um, I mean, the loss on Tuesday marks eight losses in his last ten games. I looked up the, the statistics. Under 900 save percentage, yeah. 3.34 goals Tough. against. They believe those are the numbers that you really. Um, those are the numbers that you really want to hone in on, Mike. And that's the problem. And and and, and right. And the, and the and the thing is, and it's like I mean, okay, not to not to direct all the criticism and all the focus on him, but as a comparative, you look at what. McElhaney did last year, not just statistically, I can't, can't say statistically today, um, but just purely wins. He had 11 wins last year in, I think, 18 games. And Sparks is 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. The difference between McElhaney and Sparks is the difference between the Leafs and the Bruins right now in the standings, which means if they had McElhaney, and this is probably too simple, if they had McElhaney, they'd be tied for yeah. home ice advantage right now instead of being six points behind. That, you know, I understood the decision. I didn't agree with it, but I understood the decision made by Kyle Dubas at the beginning of the year to keep a 25-year-old goaltender who had won a Calder Cup sure. and every prize in the AHL rather than a 35-year-old backup who was going to be a UFA at the end of the year? Business decision. At the end at of the time, right? right. At the, it was a business, right? At the, it was, and at the end of the year, you have to look at it objectively and say it was a dramatic failure. Now they've signed Sparks to another year, but that doesn't mean they don't go out in free agency or trade for a backup goaltender and send Sparks to the Marlies next year. But because if you look at the goaltending situation in the, in the in the organization right now, Frederick Anderson has got two years left in his contract. They just signed both Joseph Wall, their third round pick from 2016, 
and uh, Ian Scott, who I think was a fourth-round pick in 2017. Both are very good goaltending prospects. They're going to need time in the minor leagues at least two years to get up to speed and be good pros, as Mike Babcock would say. And at that point, then we see if they're ready to be backups or if they're ready to be maybe step in and be starters in the NHL. But it's going to take time, and you may need a veteran uh, like Sparks to go down with the Marlies, or if they send him on uh, on waivers, he may get claimed by somebody else. Me, after this result, you cannot give Garrett Sparks, you know, the number two job and say it's yours. You have to bring in a veteran to challenge him oh, no. because Mike Babcock, I do not think will play Garrett Sparks. He'll give him the Frankie Corrado treatment. Are Julia Breezebaugh and John Cooper on the same page, Mike? I think in general, yeah. I mean, there's always there's always little disagreements between coaches and, and, and general managers, but and I think that some of the disagreements between Babcock and Dubas are are little, but and of mm-hmm. course they're elevated and magnified because it's Toronto. Yeah. But I think that those differences and you know the fa- the failure to improve the defense and and maybe the failure in in the sense of go- the goaltending to keep McElhaney over Sparks has cost this team this year. Leafs fans, we're putting together a Leafs playoff checklist. What do they need to pack for Boston? April 11th is just around the corner. Game one of that first-round Stanley Cup series with the rival Bruins is coming at us quick. What do the Leafs have to put in the U-Haul and truck down to Boston to be as ready as they possibly can to overcome Mount Bruin? I hope Kyle Dubas decides to go on to Gigi and look for a new oracle going forward whoever he's getting his advice from needs to be fired and i think kyle dubas is smart enough to realize he has a chance to be a wonderful productive and winning general manager with the biggest team in hockey as this team goes forward and fails that's going to start to eat him up just a couple more points mike and then i'll let you wrap up garrett sparks i love the kid i don't want to put any blame for this team's shortcoming of seven eight wins fewer than i thought on a backup goaltender but he shouldn't. He should not be the backup, but he was made the backup. Ron Haynes. He shouldn't be playing 25 minutes a night, but he's playing 25 minutes a night. Whether they beat Boston or bow out, this is where the Leafs need to take assessment. There are components to this team that still need to be uh, improved to take that next step. And you know, we all got ahead of ourselves when Tavares came on board, and the team got off to a really crazy start with lots of goals and stuff like that. And a lot of a lot of that's on us. So I think we're all settling into reality here. I, I just want to know from fans where, where, where this idea comes from that the Leafs who have been disappointing will all of a sudden turn into the 76 Canadians. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have put together one of the best regular seasons we've seen in recent memory, one of the best all time, are all of a sudden, once they get into the playoffs, going to turn into a peewee team. None of that makes sense. We have to deal with reality here. Once we accept reality and understand reality, we can achieve the reality we all want. Yeah, I think right now, you know, the the most interesting thing that we'll see over the next week leading into game one is what and, – and then into the series is what Mike Babcock will do in the matchup against the Bruins – um, you know, a lot of people thought he was outcoached by Bruce Cassidy last year. Uh, I mean, in, in fact, I think, you know, 
it was a miracle that they got to seven games with Kadri out for three games with, you know, some of the, the problems that they had. I mean, Anderson was a, was subpar at best, you know, great on one night, bad on the other night in the series. I, they're, they're a better team overall than they were last year, even though it doesn't reflect in the points. But it, it's, it's going to be that matchup. It's going to be, you know, what do they do now with the one-two punch of Tavares and Matthews going up against Bergeron and Krejci? Can they create matchup advantages that will facilitate a victory? That'll be the most interesting story during the series. And what they should do and what they didn't do, sort of, I think we have to sort of move away from that and look at the series and look at everything objectively. And then after the result, then analyze what happened. Mike, all I want to do is feel good about the hockey team that I care about so much. And I think a lot of people want to feel the same way. I'm not being negative when all I see is negative. I don't see a lot of positive right now. If this team were on a run, do you honestly think I would be throwing cold water on it? Not a chance. What we've seen of late does not stir up a lot of positivity and a lot of incredible imagination as to where this team may end up this season. And that is the problem. It could change tonight if the Leafs go nuts on Tampa and whether Tampa gives a shit. All I want to see is something good, Mike. There's two games between now and the start of the playoffs. Give us something to believe in with our own two eyes. We know what this team's capable of, but I just haven't seen it of late. Mike, we got to go. Thanks, Norman. We would like to thank Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, title sponsor of the Leafs Convo, demonstrating passion for the industry and a superior level of excellence in selling, leasing, and marketing your property. Vanguard Northeast Realty.